So fear, fear is uh, one of the strongest emotions known to man. You notice I said man, not just women, men struggle with fear also. And even though I couldn't find a, a video where any men were willing to admit it, <laughs> but we still, we struggle with fear just as much as women. And uh, in fact, one of the interesting facts is we uh, look at the different passages we're going to be looking at this morning. They're all written by men. In fact, most of it's written by David, uh, who was willing to fight Goliath and, uh, you know, face fear that way. But then in other times in his life, he struggled. He struggled with fear. So as we look at fear this morning, I know it's, it's important to realize that fear can either immobilize you or mobilize you for good or for bad. It can immobilize you or mobilize you. In fact, if, if you're on the battlefield, <clears throat> if you get immobilized by fear, it can cost you your life. But at the same time, that same fear can mobilize you to do things that will protect you and protect those that you're serving with. And we as parents, you know, we want our children to have a healthy fear, a healthy respect for things like electricity and for things like automobiles and things like that that could actually hurt them. We want them to have a healthy fear. But on the other hand, we don't want them to have unhealthy fear that holds them back and keeps them from being what God wants them to be and what they want to be and what they should be as they grow up. And so when we talk about fear, fear can either be healthy or it can be unhealthy. Now, one of the things that I think characterizes whether or not it's healthy or unhealthy is this. I believe unhealthy fear causes us to turn away from God and not trust Him. And healthy fear causes us to turn to God. To God. Now, one of the examples, a great example of unhealthy fear in the scriptures is right from the beginning with Adam and Eve. After the fall, after they had sinned, what did they do? They hid. They hid from God in fear. An unhealthy fear of God. Why? Because of their sin. But in contrast to that, we see in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, we're told the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. It's actually talking about it being a positive thing, and it explains it more in Psalm 33, 8, which says, Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the Lord stand in awe of him, in awe of him. We're talking about a healthy fear of God that is a reverence, a respect, and awe for him. So there's a difference between unhealthy fear and healthy fear. This morning, what we want to talk about is how do we overcome unhealthy fear? How do we overcome unhealthy fear? And I just want to ask you right now, you know, what are some of the things that you fear? What are some of the fears that you're facing in your life right now that you know you're struggling with, that you're struggling maybe in an unhealthy way of addressing that fear? What are those things? Um, in your bulletin, you're going to find a card. There's a card in there that says, My Greatest Fears. I encourage you to take it out. Take it out even now and write down what are some of your greatest fears. What are some of the things that you're facing in life? What are some of those unhealthy fears that you're facing 
in life. You know, uh, when we think about unhealthy fear, um, and we just talk about fears, you know, some of the fears that I'm facing or one I have faced recently, um, my greatest fear lately has been just getting uh, through the Costco parking lot. I mean, without getting killed. I mean, whatever you do, don't get between somebody in that parking spot that's close to the Costco building because they're going to take you out and get that. That's a, good, that's a fear. Uh, another great fear of mine is that the Packers are going to lose to the Cardinals. And I'm going to have to live with that with Scott Savage and Jamie Parker. That's a, that's a great fear. I just... You know, I have faced different kinds of fears at different stages in my life. I remember when I was uh, in college, uh, one of my greatest fears was to speak in front of people, to have to speak in front of people. Uh, I ended up, I'd never done this before. I, I ended up in a speech class. I had to give a speech. And I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, I was so fearful. And I gave the speech, and the professor was like, you know, you, you did a good job, but it was a little hard to hear you because your voice was wavering a little bit during the, during the speech. I mean, I literally was wavering. Um, so I've, I've, I managed to get past that, but I really struggled with fear just having to get in front of people. You know, and later in life, I remember after 9-11, after 9-11 ha- happened, I was working, I was the chief operating officer for uh, the largest private investment advisory firm in the state of Mississippi. And uh, the market dropped out. And we ended up, I ended up having to lay some people off. I started laying people off. Well, lo and behold, I was the last one to get laid off. I had no idea. I was going to be laid off. I got laid off. I had to face the fear of how was I going to provide? How was I going we to take care of my family without a job? Um, and then there was the fear of, how was I going to find the next job? What was going to be the next job? I mean, that was some real fear. Uh, but God was good. He was gracious. You know, the truth is, uh, that year, because of a number of things that happened, we had more income that year than we've ever had in, in our lives, you know, as a family. Uh, and God provided. He ended up leading me to back into church ministry. I ended up on staff with the church that we're going to be working with down in Texas a week from now. And so he was good and he was faithful. But I had to face face that fear. You know, one of the fears I'm facing now, I'm on the you know, latter part of uh, this career uh, in life. I turned 60 in April. You know, how did that happen? I mean, I mean, just I was 21 just a few days ago. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I'm 60. And uh, so now the fear that I'm facing is uh, I want to finish well. I don't know how many more years God has for me in uh, church ministry or in ministry, but whatever it is, I want to fish well. I don't want to make a mistake and blow it in these last years, whatever years. That's the fear that I face now. So I don't know about you. I don't know what kind of fears uh, you're facing, but I believe that there are some answers in Scripture. Now, you know, it's not like a simplified thing and then it's a formula. Uh, because fear is one of those things that, you know, we all have to face and we all face it in different ways. But I do believe that there are some principles in scripture that can help us uh, face our fears and be freed from our fears. And I believe we're going to find those in uh, one of some of those principles in Psalm 23, you know, a famous, 
famous passage. It's been, you're very, very familiar, familiar with it, almost too familiar with it. Uh, but I would like for us to take a look at Psalm 23 this morning. So if you have your Bibles, you can open them up to Psalm 23, or you can turn them on and turn to Psalm 23 as uh, we look at Psalm 23 together. So let's read uh, Psalm 23 together. Psalm 23 <clears throat> says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So Psalm 23, a psalm that was written by David. So we're talking about the shepherd king is writing the shepherd psalm. And obviously, as a shepherd, he is very familiar with what it means to to be a shepherd in the relationship between the shepherd um, and his sheep. And if you remember a few weeks ago uh, when Scott preached, he mentioned that there's a connection between Psalm 22 and Psalm 23. Um, When they would have a funeral procession, they would actually recite these two psalms together, Psalm 22 and Psalm 23. What's interesting is let's just look at the first couple of verses in Psalm 22. So here's David in Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? Do you hear the fear in David in Psalm 22? And then we get, I think, the answers uh, to his fear in Psalm 23. So the question is, you know, How do we overcome unhealthy fear? That's what we want to look at this morning. How do we overcome unhealthy fear? And I think as we look at this passage, we're going to see this. That living life with God, by that I mean trusting Him, trusting in Him, frees us from unhealthy fear. Living life with God, trusting Him, frees us from unhealthy fear. Now, as we look at this passage, we look at verse 1. He says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The emphasis, I think this is the most important verse in the passage. The Lord is my shepherd. He's my shepherd. David is saying... God is my shepherd. How and why should I want? And what he means by that, he's saying, the Lord, the one, the one who is everlasting, the everlasting one who is eternal, that's, that's who's my shepherd. The one who is my creator, the one who created the heavens and earth, that, he, he is my shepherd. Uh, the one who is, has all knowledge and all power, 
He is my shepherd. The one who is all loving and kind. He is my shepherd. That's who is his shepherd. That is who is our shepherd. And so it begs the question, who or what do we have to fear if God is our shepherd? Who or what do we have to fear if God is our shepherd? No one and no thing. However, it's one thing to know that in our head. It's another thing to live it. And so I think David gives us some principles here in these passages with how this actually works out in our lives. And he tells us in Psalm 23 that if we will trust him, that God promises to lead, protect, and provide for us. That's what he will do. If we will trust him, he will lead us, he will protect us, and he will provide for us. Psalm 22, the the next two verses. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. You know... Uh, the truth is, sheep whoop, sheep are squeamish. They're squeamish. They're easily spooked. Uh, and so what a good shepherd would do, he would lead them to a place of peace and nourishment. That's what a good shepherd does for his sheep. Takes them to where the waters are still where it's quiet. He takes them where there's green pastures and where they can be fed. And so I think one of the principles we can learn with facing fear from this passage is that God, if we will let him, he will lead us to a place of peace and nourishment in the face of fear. Now, I think, you know, obviously, if we're struggling with fear, our spirit is not at peace. It's, it's not quiet. And what God is saying is, if you'll trust me, if you'll turn to me in the process of your fear and dealing with your fear, I will take you to a place of peace in your soul. And I will nourish you in your soul. Um, and that may happen, you know, just in the moment, just pausing and and praying right there in the moment and just allowing him to bring you peace. It may mean, though, that, you know, if you're at home getting away somewhere and just getting alone with God for a few minutes, spending time with him and just praying and asking God to give you peace and to nourish your soul. It may mean getting outside and going somewhere and getting alone with God and just spending time with him and allowing him to give you peace in the midst of, of the fear that you're facing. Uh, for me, um, I enjoy getting out and going places and going hiking or places like that. I go to the Constellation Trail, hike up there, and, and there's some benches up there at the top and just spend some time alone with God. Or uh, Thumb Butte, hike to Thumb Butte and get to the top and just spend there some time being reminded of God and His glory and His creation 
and uh, spend time alone with him and allow him to calm my spirit. One of my favorite things to do is to ride on my mountain bike on the Peavine Trail. And uh, this spot right here is actually, you know, my, fa- my favorite spot on the trail. If you go on that trail, you know exactly where that is. And there's a place where you can just stop and sit and just gaze out, see Watson Lake, see the Dells, and just let God speak to your heart, speak to my heart, and give me peace in the midst of whatever it is I may be facing. So I don't know where that is for you. I don't know what that is, but if you're facing fear, I I challenge you. Allow God to lead you someplace where you can be quiet and still and listen to him and let him minister to you and nourish you and uh, give you peace. So not only will he lead us to a place of peace, but this passage tells us that he will also protect us from our enemies. The next two verses. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil if you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. And so the second point is to remember that when you're going through challenging times, when you're going through the dark days, remember God is with you and he will protect you. He says, David says, I will fear no evil. Why? Because God is with me. God has promised to lead and to protect us. God will lead and protect us. You know, um, this past week on Thursday, uh, Representative Steve Scalise made it back into the House of Representatives after being shot three months ago, uh, almost losing his life, uh, having a congressional baseball practice. He gets shot, uh, but he comes back. One of the first things he says um, when he was uh, given the microphone on the house floor is this. He says, when I was laying out there on that ball field, the first thing I did once I was down and I couldn't move anymore is I just started to pray. And I tell you that it gave me an unbelievable sense of calm knowing that at that point it was in God's hands. You see, facing his enemies, walking through the valley of the shadow of death, where does he turn? He turns to God. He turns to him and he prays and God gives him a sense of peace that he knows that God has it under control. That's what God will do for us in the midst of our fears. If we will turn to him, he will protect us in the midst of that fear. That doesn't mean it's going to get easy. He's not saying he's going to protect you from ever going through the valley of the shadow of death. He says, I'm going to be with you as you go through the valley of the shadow of death. I am with you. I will be with you. And so... We see 
that God, uh, he will provide, he will lead us to a place of peace if we will seek him as our shepherd and that he will provide and he will, uh, he will protect us in the midst of the evil and the fears that we face. Finally, he says, we see that God will provide an eternal relationship with him. That one of the things he does for us as our shepherd is he provides an eternal relationship with him. That final verse in Psalm 23, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know that, that verse there where it says, you know, goodness and mercy, God's goodness and his love shall follow me all the days of my life. Uh, that word there sh- means to pursue. To follow means to pursue, to pursue after. Uh, it's really the picture of, uh, you, know, a, you know, an animal chasing its prey. That's that's that kind of intensity. He's saying that's his love and his mercy is going to pursue us to the ends of our days. To the ends of our days. And that we will live with him forever. That's a promise he gives us that we will be able to live with him forever. This is a promise that's true for those who have put their trust in Jesus as their Savior. That's who this is for. That's who are his sheep. In fact, Jesus says this in John chapter 10, verses 11 and 14 and 15. He says, I am the good shepherd. The shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. That's what Jesus has done for us. He has laid down his life for us. And if we will put our faith and trust in him as our Lord and Savior, we are now one of his sheep. He knows us, and we know him, and he will lead us, and he will protect us, and he will provide for us, and the ultimate thing he provides is an eternal life with him. So what do we have to fear? We have an eternal home with him. And so... I just want to remind us, living life with God, trusting him, frees us from unhealthy fear. Because God promises to lead us to a place of peace, to protect us from evil, and to provide eternal life with him. Now, what, what are some steps that we can take to actually apply this, these principles to our lives? What are some next steps? I want to give us some next steps. The first next step is this. 
Take time each day to let God nourish you. Take time each day to let God nurse you. Take time each day to get aside with him and allow him to give you that peace. Give you that peace and nourish your soul. Uh, whatever that means. If that's a quote daily quiet time or whatever, wherever it is, spend some time with him and allow him to give you peace that day. Speak to your heart. Nourish your soul. One of the ways he can nourish your soul is by spending time in his word. And so, actually, Pastor Scott has a challenge for us in that regard. Um, He's going to challenge us with something. Actually, let's listen to what he has to say. During the month of September, I did a little experiment myself and didn't really tell anybody about it. But I I read through the book of Psalms five chapters a day. 30 times five is 150. And so I got through the entire book in that time period. And what I found was that it not only helped me in terms of my personal life with God, but it it helped me as I was preaching through this book with you in this series. And I want to encourage you during the month of October to take the same challenge that I did in September. So effectively what you would do is each day in October, you would read through five chapters of the book of Psalms. You'd read five Psalms a day. Take about 10 minutes on most days. A couple days, you'll go a little bit longer. You'll have one day, because there's 31 days in October, one day to kind of make up or get caught up. Uh, throughout this, this month of September, I, I've, got, I've gotten times where I've fallen behind and have to double up and, and catch up. But it's really been encouraging for me, and I'm really praying as we, we finish this series in October that it'll be encouraging for you. And I hope that it will help you as you gain greater clarity on what does it mean to live life with God through all of the seasons of life and through all of our emotions. Okay, so the challenge is this. Spend time uh, reading through the book of Psalms in the month of October. Read through the book of Psalms in October. That means, you know, five passages, five uh, chapters a day. And you can get through the whole book of Psalms. And that's one of the ways that you can allow God to speak to your heart, to nourish your soul, to give you peace in the midst of whatever it is, whatever fears you may be facing. Allow him to lead you to a place of peace and nourishment. Another thing that we can do is to memorize scripture to remind you that God is with you. Memorize scripture to remind you that God is with you. You know, what's ironic is that uh, we spend a whole lot more time meditating on the thing that we're afraid of and what we're fearful of than on God and God's Word when we're facing it. We spend way more time thinking and meditating and fretting over it, whatever it is we're facing than we do spending time in God's Word, memorizing, meditating on it, and allowing Him to speak to our heart through His words. Let me give you a few passages to to think about memorizing if you haven't memorized before isaiah 26 3 you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you god will give us perfect peace if we will keep our mind stayed on him in the midst of whatever it is we're facing Another one, 
Deuteronomy 31.8, it is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. He is with you in the midst of whatever it is you might be facing. He will never leave you or forsake you. It's a great promise to have memorized and to meditate on in the face of fear. Another one, Romans 8, 31 and 32. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? What shall we say? If God is for us, who can be against us? It's a great promise. A great promise when you're facing fear. Nothing. He goes on in that, in that passage and says, nothing can separate us. Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Not death, no power, no nothing. Great promises to have. Finally, last step to encourage you to do. Admit your fear. I think it's one of the first steps with overcoming fear is to admit that you have it. Be willing to acknowledge your fear to yourself and to others. Acknowledge your fear to yourself and to others. You know, sheep live in flocks for a reason. They live in flocks for a reason. Because there's safety in the flock. And there's a reason why the shepherd will leave the flock and go look for the stray. Because he knows there's safety in the flock. And when we're in the flock and we're willing to share things with each other, that's when we can help each other and minister each other and help each other deal with these fears. I I like this quote from Andy Stanley. He says, Life change happens in circles not rows. Life change happens in circles, not in rows. That's why we emphasize community groups, getting into a small group where you meet in a circle and you share life together. And you're able, hopefully, to have a safe place where you can share your fears and have each other, encourage each other to overcome those fears. If you're not in a community group, you're not in a small group, you need to be in one. We weren't meant to live this life alone. And it's not enough to just come and be in a row on Sundays. You need to be in a circle. You need to be in a circle. And so that card that's in your bulletin that I asked you to write down your greatest fears, I I challenge you Write those things down. If you're in a community group, take it to your community group and share it with them. And allow them to help carry that burden with you. Don't try to carry it alone. If you're not in a group, join a group. Or find somebody that you can share that with. 
Because we weren't meant to live the Christian life alone. We're meant to live it with others. So finally, again, just a reminder. Living life with God, meaning trusting Him, can free us from unhealthy fears. Amen. You know, uh, when my daughter was little, it's hard to believe. I mean, it's been a few years ago. But when she was little, she used to be afraid of some things. I think the thing that she was most afraid of was roaches. And uh, we were living in Texas at the time. And roaches are big in Texas. Everything's big in Texas. Roaches are big in Texas. And what's even worse, they fly. They fly. And she was afraid of those. And so um, we actually, we had a, a song that we would sing uh, with her. And it came off a, a, an album by Steve Green uh, called Hide Them in Your Heart. These songs that had been written with scripture to get scripture in your heart. And we would sing these songs, you know, with her. And uh, one of those was based on Psalm 56.3. And it is called, When I Am Afraid. When I Am Afraid. And we would sing this song with her. And it goes, you know, something like this. When I am afraid, I will trust in you. I will trust in you. I will trust in you. When I am afraid, I will trust in you. In God whose word I praise. And that would calm her heart. And that's true. When I am afraid, when I am afraid, I will trust in you. And in your word, I praise. I'm going to ask you to stand and let's read together Psalm 23 together as we close. Let's read it together. Join me as we read. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness For his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with all my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray. Father, we just pray, God, that we would take you at your word, that if we will turn to you, if we will trust in you, that you will lead us to a place of peace and nourishment in our soul, that you will protect us in the midst of the darkness and the evil that we face, and that you will provide an eternal 
home for us, eternal relationship with you, that you, you will never leave us nor forsake us. Help us, oh God. Help us to trust you in the midst of our fears. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the audio from Cornerstone Church in Prescott, Arizona. For more information, visit us online at www.prescottcornerstone.com.